The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Kyle Costner Show, presented by the Big Lead. It is that time of week again. There is nothing like it. It is International Baseball League of West Michigan post-game show time for week 13. And if you were out at Sullivan Field at any time on Sunday, you saw what this league has to offer. You saw four top teams going at it as hard as they could. You saw late-inning dramatics. You saw big flies. You saw steely pitching performances. And you saw some passion from the fans. As the playoff race is taking shape now, we have a log jam atop both the divisions. There are four games remaining. It is going to be a sprint. Been saying it all year. The playoffs don't start in the middle of September. They started weeks ago. And if you're not winning each and every single week, well, you're falling behind and you're getting closer and closer to elimination. Let's talk about the Mariners Cardinals, which was the opener out there over at Valley. The Cardinals jump ahead 3-0, a three-run dinger in the first. They look like they're about to cruise. It looks like by virtue of winning this game, they're going to open up a two-game lead in that division and put themselves in place, not just for the number two seed, but the number one seed and all that comes with it. But the Mariners, if we know one thing about them, it's that they can hit. And it's that you got to get 27 outs. And at any time... They are capable of putting together a four-run inning. And it wasn't four-run innings so much. It was twos and threes and ones. They continued to battle when they had to the most. And they emerged with a 9-6 to victory to level up with the Cardinals atop the East Division. On the heels of that, we had the Cubs. And I had the privilege of watching from the bench warming up several times, never getting in the game until a pinch-running performance in the 10th inning. That's the pitcher's dream. All the lazy heads out there know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes it feels good to just come to the ballpark, threaten to play, kind of play, feel like you did something, but in reality, you know, I mean, anybody in the world could have done it. The fact that it was the 10th inning suggests that things were pretty dramatic and on a razor's edge. As the Braves, for a second time, battled us tooth and nail 
fighting for their playoff lives as well, jumping out to a 1-0 lead. Dante Santana with another home run, another leadoff home run. This man is turning into kind of the Ricky Henderson of the IBLWM. Ariel Sanchez, after a prolonged slump to start the season, as soon as he got the new Wrigleyville gear and spent all his money on all the swag, magic. It's like he's the freaking mask when he puts that thing on. Two home runs, a tape measure job, and then one that he took off the outside corner at it at the knees, high 80s, and hit a three iron over the fence in left center. We get a five to two lead. Braves fight back. Six to four in the ninth inning. Braves fight back, tie the game up, have the bases loaded, have a chance to win it. We get a ground ball to second base. Sam, in relief, gets his second win of his Cubs career, both coming against the Braves. Could have gone either way. Could have gone either way. If that's a seeing eye single, the Braves win. They are back in the playoff chase. We are in real trouble of dropping out of first place in our division. But like so many times this year, it seems like we were able to just make a few more plays than the other team. We exploded for four in the top of the 10th, and then A.J. Kazban comes in and shuts the door in the 10th for a well-earned save, meaning that we are still 10-3. and three. A game ahead of the Padres, who kept pace with a win of their own in the West Division. Three weeks from now, we will play them. That will probably decide things as the Padres already hold the tiebreaker over us. The Padres, of course, won 12-2 over the Royals, taking care of business, as well as the A's cleaning up their side of the street with a 17-1 victory over the Pirates. The Power squeak by the Tigers 3-1. The White Sox edge the Marlins 6-5 to close out the action. And as we sit here, as we go into the All-Star game, frantic month remaining, we have the Mariners and Cardinals tied at 10-3 and atop the East, with the A's a game behind at 9-4. and And in the West, we have the Cubs at 10-3, and the Padres at 9-4, and the White Sox at 8-5, and and the Braves at 6-7, and kind of on life support. And this thing could go any single way. You have three teams tied for the number one seed right now. You have five teams within a game. There's going to be moving. There's going to be shaking. The intrigue is going to be at an all-time high. I think the, the White Sox have proven themselves worthy. It certainly looks like they're going to be a playoff team. They have another chance against us to sneak out a win. They're not done. They continue to win out, and we stumble twice, and they beat us. We're in the conversation. The White Sox have an outside chance to get that number two seed. The Padres, as we talked about, have proven all year that they're consistent, that they are not going to fall into slumps. They have some major victories on their ledger. They have an ace on their staff. They will not be fun come playoff time. A's have responded from some early season struggles and look really good. The team that they're getting out there every single Sunday is very impressive, and the bats are there in a way that early in the season were absent. Cardinals, got to talk about the Cardinals in the sense that this could perhaps not be a free fall, but maybe a regression back to the mean. We know how fearless and mighty they have been, and we know that a lot of that success is fueled by some part-time players. Those part-time players have not been 
available recently, and it's led to two straight losses, bringing them back to everybody else. They still have to play us. If I had to say right now who's more likely to come out of that division, it might be the Mariners because the Mariners hold the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. So all they need to do is to keep pace, and the Cardinals have to play us the last game of the season, which will not be an easy one for them, much like it won't be an easy one for us. So if you're the Mariners, you control your own destiny. If you're the Cardinals, you largely control your own destiny. You just need the Mariners to drop one. If you're the A's, you certainly have a shot if either of those teams ahead slip up. The Cubs control their own destiny. I think for the first time, we're looking at these standings and we're seeing the separation. We are seeing how you get a larger sample size of games. The better teams have risen to the top. And I think that's really been reflective in the middle of the pack too, as the White Sox take firm control and most likely will get that sixth playoff spot with the opportunity to climb even higher. I do want to talk about the Braves because as I mentioned, two games this year, and they gave us every single thing that we wanted. I could not be more impressed with this side, how they've grown from last year. This is a team that has had some highs, but has largely been out of the playoff conversation for several years. They took a real jump. They have some real players, but I think that they've gotten better at like every single position. I looked around the diamond and there were baseball players at all nine spots. And you have arguably the best pitcher in the league when healthy. He's out there. He's always a threat. Now he was unable to pitch more than two and a half, two thirds innings, I believe. So that was a break for us. But they will be looking at these two games against the Cubs and probably be regretting them. And it will probably be the difference between them playing in the postseason and them watching it at home. If things had gone a different way, the Braves could be eight and five with two wins over the Cubs. We would be eight and five. And the Padres would be atop the division. That's how tight this league has been. We're a team that's in seventh position has gone head-to-head with arguably the most reliable team over the last five years in the Cubs, giving them everything that they've wanted and fallen just short. A few errors there, a couple wild pitches, ground ball that doesn't get in the hole. It's baseball, man. And you can sit here and try to predict what's going to happen on Sunday, and largely we can make informed opinions, predictions, but you just never know. You never know until you're out there. In terms of the Cubs, if you'll indulge me on some self-reflection here, my perspective on the bench gave me a little bit more insight into what we do right, what we do wrong, what we hopefully can improve on, um, and some things that we're probably not going to improve on that we're just going to have to overcome. The bad news first, we're very sloppy. That's persisted all year. I think The defensive effort is the worst in my five years with this team. A lot of routine plays not getting made. Base running is bad. Kind of some inexplicable decisions out there that are causing us to run ourselves out of innings. Confounding choices. Something that you think you would be able to correct. Something that you would think would have gotten better. Hasn't. We are constantly putting ourselves behind the eight ball. We are constantly opening the door for other teams. We are 
prone to saying, here, take this game from us. We don't have what it takes to truly close it. By and large, we've gotten away with it. And it feels like we're flirting with disaster, though. I got to be honest. Because I'm not so sure we're going to be able to switch it on and play that tight, clean brand of baseball that we're going to have to do come October. That's the bad. Here's the good. There's a lot of playoff arms on this team. In addition to myself, who starts 75 or 80% of the time, Christian Flicky has proven himself to be an ace, a playoff guy, so many trust. He's a battler. Things did not go well for him on Sunday. Defense let him down a little bit. The Braves had unbelievable approaches at the plate, put the ball in play. He could have been rattled. He wasn't rattled. He just started pitching. He started using his breaking ball whenever he wanted, having fun out there. The moment's not going to be too big for him. And I think that that's really important and key to see. We won't be winning a championship without him. Maybe he'll start every game in the playoffs. Maybe he'll start one. Javi's got a lot of options. In addition, Sam has been a breath of fresh air. He's a great reliever. I trust him explicitly. He hasn't been incredibly sharp, but he's been really good. And this is a guy who is also a battler. It's it's a staff of Bulldogs, and it's a staff that throws strikes, and it's a staff that can shut down lineups, and is going to make you earn it or force our defense to allow the door to be opened. And then AJ, who I mentioned earlier, got the save, has also been good in his last two outings. His fastball looks really good. The results, the numbers are awesome. He will be key. He's a break glass in case of emergency type of pitcher. We got a few more on the roster if we really needed to do it. So I think the good news and the positive of this going forward is our depth of pitching is really impressive and we're going to need it, and we're going to be able to tailor it based on the specific matchup. I don't think that there's a lot of other teams out there who are going to have that flexibility. I don't think that's a hot take. Now, there's only one ball, as we talk about in the NBA. Only one guy can be out there at a time, but it's going to take a village. It might take three people to finish a game in the playoffs. You never know. But the thing is, there are people out there getting reps that are going to leave them battle-tested, and give us a chance to win if the offense is there. The offense has been okay when we're not running ourselves out of outs. The long ball is there, but yet there's just not that killer instinct. There's not the enormous innings. There's not the big attack out of the gate. We're often pretty sluggish. We don't get going until the fourth or fifth inning. I think about five or six different times this year we've kind of floated until the fifth or the sixth. Eventually, you do that enough, you're going to run out of time, and you're going to have too big of a hill to overcome. So on one hand, a frustrating day for the Cubs. On the other, a really rewarding one. A win is a win. I think if we're honest about what this league is going to be, it's wide open. It's wide open in a way that it's never been before. Because I think that there's always been two top teams in my four years here, now there's been playoff upsets, but there has never been the fear of a team that excelled all year and put up a great record just falling apart in the playoffs. 
because the teams that they were playing never really had the firepower to compete. That all changes. That all changes, especially that 3-6 game and that 4-5 game, nine innings, anything can happen. We see it all the time. Different teams show up on the reg. The only predictability is unpredictability. So, like I mentioned, the All-Star game is this Sunday with the Home Run Derby. That's a great event down there at Sullivan. I encourage anybody who hasn't checked out a game to go down there because it's going to be the cream of the crop. The most talent will be on display there in the Home Run Derby is really fun. You get to see some guys swinging from the heels. Uh, you know, ice your backs, boys. We don't want anybody throwing out their lumbar region and, and missing the more important second half of the season. After that, on the 21st, we have the Athletics and the Mariners at 4 p.m. at Sullivan. Circle that one on your calendars. That is a doozy. The White Sox also play the Padres on that day. So two playoff matchups right there. So we will know a lot more about that division. And then, like I said, on the 28th, Padres, Cubs, likely for the West. A shout out to the league, to Javi Sanchez, to the managers for structuring it like this. It's certainly adding intrigue. It's so much more fun to have more teams have hope. It's so much more fun to have every team fighting for something to make this all very meaningful. Great note. Great edit. We're loving. This is a really fair playoff process, and it makes the regular season more entertaining. So shout out there. All right, the serious element I want to talk about, about the love of baseball, the touchy-feely stuff, I'm romantic about pitching, corny, cheesy, all that stuff. And it's easy to love when you're out there on the mound. But being part of a staff is great. Often said there's nothing better than being on a baseball team. But inside that, there's an added element of being part of a staff. Because the other players, they're your teammates and you like them, and they're important to you, and they're just as important to the pitchers. But there's that kinship when you are able to celebrate other success. The only people who know what it takes to be a pitcher, what it's like out there, are other pitchers. And if you can celebrate their success as your own, you can band together, pool your minds, pull for them, realize that you need each other. There needs to be support. There needs to be someone in the bullpen. You never know who's going to have it. Man, it's just special, and it's great. And this league affords veterans like myself a chance to connect with younger players, and it affords younger players a chance to connect with old sourdoughs like myself. And that's just like in the major leagues. It's just like at your place of work. Baseball just reflects life in so many different ways, and there's always a lesson there. Every frustration, every disappointment about not getting in the game, everything they think you're missing out on is an opportunity to capitalize on. Sitting on the bench is weird for me. Bit of a workhorse. Proud of it. Not my favorite thing to do. But I had so much fun. I had so much fun seeing Christian and Sam battle out there. AJ coming in 
it gave me confidence for our team in a way that if I had gone out there and thrown a complete game, I wouldn't have. And it's needed. And that perspective is awesome. It's cool that the league is set up to run long. You're going to need 20 players by the end of the day. You're going to need different people to come up big at different times. And it's just fun to feel that nervousness and to feel that emotion secondhand. One of the reasons why I will probably never stop playing. And if I do stop playing, I will be some, I will be on the bench in some coaching capacity. So there's your cheesy baseball thought for the day. That's been the international baseball league of West Michigan post game show. There will be further developments, important ones, Stay tuned, enjoy the all-star break, and we'll catch you next time. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.